Season 5, Episode 28, April the 28th, 2022. Hi, I am Lewis Lampley. Welcome to this edition of Journey of Discovery. In this episode, I will do a special exposition on this powerful command given by Jesus to the rich young ruler. This is what he said. Go sell all that you have and follow me. Emphasize the word all. Go sell all that you have and follow me. In Mark chapter 10, verse 20 to 27, we see this again today. And he said to him, that is a young rich ruler, teach all these things I have done from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing, go, sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how difficult it is when you are wealthy, or let me say it another way, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter into the kingdom of God, close quote. And the disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said to them, children, how difficult it is to enter into the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished. And he said to them, then who can be saved? That's what they said to him. Who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, it is impossible. But with God, for all things are possible with God. The Apostle Mark writes of the young ruler, quote, disheartened by the saying he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. The rich young ruler said, to him, Jesus, teacher, all these I have kept for my youth. Now, you know, he was lying there, but he said it. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you like one thing, go sell all that you have, give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And the disciples were amazed at his words. But again, Jesus said to them, children, how difficult it is to enter into the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Close quote. They were exceedingly astonished, just sort of baffled. And Jesus said to them, Quote, oh, they said to him, I should say, then who can be saved? 
Jesus looked at them and said, with man it is impossible. Don't miss that. With man it is impossible. For all things are possible with God. Jesus has standards. That for his disciples. Then who can be saved? The disciples just didn't understand that. So Jesus designated a rabbinical teaching which gave the wealthy a clear advantage for salvation. Jesus' emphatic teaching that even the rich could not be saved by their own efforts. That's the key phrase. Nobody, including the rich, cannot be saved by their own efforts. In other words, we must aim for the heart. You get that? We must aim for the heart. Mark chapter 10, verse 26 says, And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but not with God. For all things are possible with God. That is, it is impossible for anyone to be saved by his own efforts, since salvation is entirely a gracious, sovereign work of God. Therefore, unconditional election directs us to go for the heart, the heart of man, in the preaching, the proclaiming of the gospel. In other words, the, the will of man is not to be the center of attention. For example, decisions for Christ are not our main target. Let me say that again. Decisions for Christ are not our main target. As we have seen in Romans chapter 3, verse 9 to 13, man's heart's problem is much more incapacitating than would afford him the ability to just decide, just decide to exercise his unfree will. Dr. J.I. Pack, another great writing theologian, speaks speaks to the error of aiming at man's will. Quote, he says, let us work this out. If we regarded it as our job, not simply to present Christ, but actually produce converts to evangelize not only faithfully, but also successfully, our approach to evangelism would become pragmatic and calculating. We should, listen carefully, we should conclude that our basic equipment, both for personal dealing and for public preaching, must be twofold. We must have not merely a clear grasp of the meaning and the application of the gospel, but also an irresistible technique for inducing a response. We should, therefore, make it our business to try and develop such a country, such a technique, I should say. Close quote. This shows us that the danger of forgetting the practical implication of God's sovereignty, it is right to recognize our responsibility to engage aggressive evangelism. It is right to desire the conversion of unbelievers. It is right to want one's presentation of the gospel to be as clear as 
and forcible as possible. But it is not right when we take it on us to do more than God has given us to do. It is not right when we regard ourselves as responsible for securing converts, converts and look to our own enterprise and technique to accomplish what only God can accomplish. To do that is to intrude ourselves into the office of the Holy Spirit and exalt ourselves as the agents of the new earth. And the point that we must see is this, here it is, only by letting our knowledge of God's sovereignty control the way in which we plan, in which we pray, and work in his service. Can we avoid becoming guilty of this fault? For where we are not consciously relying on God, that we shall inevitably be found relying on ourselves. And the spirit of self-reliance is, is blight, a blight on evangelism. Here is a testimony of every genuine believer. Listen to this. All the love that sought me, all the blood that bought me, all the grace that brought me to the fold, wondrous grace that brought me to the fold. It's God's love, it's God's, it's the blood of Christ and the grace of God. Let me say that again. The love of God, the blood of Christ, and the grace of God. Not our energy, not our grit, not our smartness, not our shrewdness, but it's the sovereign God that saves a soul. Here's a praise response, Psalm 134, 136, rather, verse 4 again. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of Lords, to him alone, those great wonders. For his mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. So my dear brothers and my sisters, rely on him because he said, I am the way, Jesus did. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so we can gladly surrender to him by recognizing that we are not working for God, but we are God's fellow workers. We're in this together. We plant, one plants, another waters, but it is God who gives the increase. Well, that's it for now. I am wishing for you an amazing day. So cheer up and be glad in it. Good day. Thank you.